Hi and welcome to episode 10, season 4 of the Glenvor podcast with your host JJ and uh, thanks for pressing play and joining me on this, I don't know, I always try to think of an intro at the beginning of each show but I'm never sure, elaborate journey into a lost Indonesian distillery, how about that, not bad. So, uh, we're going to talk about two articles uh, as we always do in these shows, we've got a logbook entry, uh, this one is from... As he clicks over the 19th of March, 1962 on the website. And we also have the 1943 uh, Prisoner of War Week and our newspaper article to talk about. But I also just wanted to touch upon, I mentioned it briefly in the last episode as well, the acquisition of the Glen 4 cache of documents. Thanks to everybody on the GoFundMe page. Uh, I was very humbled, surprised by uh, people um, donating uh, so rapidly, quickly and generously to enable us to buy these over 20 documents which cover a, a period uh, of Glenvor, I'd, I'd say roughly from the early 1890s, so very much from the, the building of the distillery right through until sort of the early 1920s when they've taken over Glenolwyn. So uh, I think in this episode, before we jump into the two articles, I thought perhaps it'd be good to talk to you a little bit about well i guess the exchange and um what i was also thinking of doing i haven't i've taken photographs of the documents but uh, i haven't really looked at them in any great detail um as i said previously my plan is to do these on a, a date basis so december we're going to do these in chronological order and see where they slot into everything but my other thought was perhaps to record a podcast where i sit down and i've divided them into two boxes i need to buy another box for the the larger insurance document but and just go through each document live with you so oh here's an invoice for this and just you know probably boring listening but you never know there could be some surprises in there so uh, i think that might be a good listen uh and um maybe as much as i would um love to welcome you all into my home to show you these documents that would be the the first thing but certainly once the documents are digested and put into the website pictures online um definitely look at um, getting these on display in somewhere and as i mentioned in the podcast uh previous podcast number nine uh definitely a presentation in inverness next november so i would hope some of the documents will be there with me um and people can have a look at them and uh appreciate um the distillery i, I think there's something to be said for digital and uh you know, video and audio, but to have things in your hand, the tactile, or even in terms of whiskey, in your senses, uh, does make a huge difference. But anyway, the exchange uh, was done. I met the individual um, on Thursday past uh, in a Greg's in Dalgetty Bay. <laughs> it just seemed like a, a convenient pit stop. Um, and um, what might have just been a mere handover and immediate electronic payment of the the £600 actually turned into um, a reasonable conversation that could have lasted most of the day. Uh, You know, obviously I was faced with somebody who had a real interest in whiskey history. Uh, I think it would be slightly reasonable to say slightly older than myself, but, um, you know, just had that passion that I have and so many others have for history and preserving history and see where it takes us so uh, it was almost a 
in some respects with Glenvor and this being his Glenvor cash to my passing of a baton to me to make sure these are made available for everyone else so that was great uh, just exchanging stories um, some of the things uh, seen and done in the past and that individual has certainly um, provided uh, information for distilleries and that such like so wonderful that he had the foresight many years ago to actually collate this information and track it down now in terms of the actual documents one of the pertinent questions was how did you get a hold of them um, so we can maybe just establish that uh, lineage, that, that journey these documents have been on. And it was a car boot sale, believe it or not, many years ago. And um, just bought as a one trunk lot. And uh, the car boot seller said that um, this was, these were of seven, there were many more documents, you know. So this was only just a, a sample, a segment of what they had. Um, but um, the seller, the individual has, certainly not been able to acquire anymore or you know we don't know where they are so for me it's very heartening in a way that we have uh, obviously these documents are somewhere out there they still exist you know they have endured uh, and when you see them as well they're not like receipts of today or notes or hand scribbled things you know there's a real the, the calligraphy the design the artwork you know the, the, the energy and focus and passion that's gone into a mere receipt you know is quite humbling and um impressive so these aren't things that you would toss away i think you know they have their own purpose as framed on the wall and for people to actually see things and visually they have a place but also what they contain is what we're really really going to find out over the next six months or so if there's about 20 odd documents you know if i'm doing one a week um over the period then you may be looking at half a year's work give or take so uh, that is what we are here for and um, thanks to everybody that made that possible um, I would say as well if you are interested in Glenvor if you have anything Glenvor related or Glenalbin or Melbourne as I'm coming to them in future years please get in touch you know I can't promise to pay you the market rate or assemble you know a community to help pay for things but it's very interesting certainly me and the, the, the seller touched upon the fact that um, there are a lot of um keyboard warriors out there who are quick to criticize things and uh, sometimes i can get that or make comments but you know we have to face facts whiskey has a value today and this is the same of anything connected to whiskey you know historical dark documents uh, maybe an old bit of distillery kit an old uniform you know these sorts of things they all have a value you know i have seen not for glenvor but things that most people probably just walk past you know they just wouldn't consider like a, a tool go for some s serious money you know amongst collectors because it's associated with a distillery so i can yeah i can just see these things becoming more collectible if you want to look at it from that point of view but also i, I think there's more of a need now than ever to um pull it all together and see what we can learn from it because that's the most important thing to me if you can bring these things to life you they've given you information there's a value there which is beyond financial value and i suppose as a side effect i mean i know we were talking i was talking to the seller what's your favorite piece in all of this uh and he said the charles c doig receipt now the charles c doig receipts i think for bricks and it's at the very early stages of the distillery being built and it's a beautiful ornate 
receipt. It's just a receipt for bricks and it's signed by Charles C. Doig as um, approved, which is fantastic in the bottom left corner. But you just look at the thing, the, the drawing, the detail, you know, just for a mere receipt from a company. So uh, we obviously want to preserve that. Uh, so some of these things are a little flimsy, so I am going to get envelopes and um, protect each and every one because we did have a surplus uh, and that is what you must do. But I think as well, when I'm doing these documents, it would also be pertinent and I'm trying to think of the right word here. I think the onus is on me not just to put this into a Glenvore situation uh, and timeline, which I will do, but it's also about that company. You know, what happened to that company? What were, what were they well known for? What else did they do in the industry? These sorts of things will give you a little bit more detail and perhaps, you know, I have tried it with some other companies as we've been doing the research, where their records are now, where, what happened to that company? Is there, you know, can I confirm an order or get more information from their side of the books? So we'll see. Uh, I can just see a lot of work ahead of me and, um, sorry, I'm in a temporary setting to record this podcast. I'm kneeling on the floor. <laughs> it's a little bit uncomfortable. I'm now going to have to squat, but it's um yeah it's it's it's, it's really exciting and I, I said um that to the seller you know i have done many whiskey things over the years uh you know and um given up a lot of time a lot of energy you know and um if i i can appreciate more than most the work that people put into pet projects or their channels or their websites things they do organically not as a full-time job you know i can totally appreciate the work and the level of commitment that goes into that so um yeah we're just gonna take it take it to the next stage with those documents and i think i will do that show where we talk about the the documents individually so i'm going to resist looking at them now they're just on my right hand side over my shoulder uh I can't wait to get stuck in. Let's put it that way. Anyway, back to the two articles in question. So we had the logbook entry from the 19th of March, 1962. We really are at the end of the logbook now. And we're sort of seeing that because it's entries are becoming far more sporadic. We're seeing far more um, floaters, I guess, in terms of excisemen, less people... Um, dedicated and forming uh, on a consistent basis. So this was, um, in a way, a refund. Um, this entry is about a consignment uh, that was received in West Hartlepool. Now, Hartlepool was a, a major um, port at the time, so it's obviously the cast has gone down to England, and then they're probably going to go, I guess, further afield, perhaps even to continental Europe, if not even, I don't know, um, could they have gone south to Africa or you just don't know um it would be wonderful to figure out where these casks were going uh so it's about um casks being examined after being in transit and there were if there was a chargeable deficiency um so in this one 9.4 proof gallons was found to have sort of gone astray um and that sounds like a lot but when you consider it's across 19 casks in this consignment which shows us yeah, a nice little order for Glenvor at the time. You know, there's probably half a gallon per cask. 
So it's not massive in the scheme of things, but it does show you how meticulous they were at measuring what has departed and what has come in, you know? Um, and we probably don't see that as much now, that movement of casks, you know, pretty much, you know, we have the more centralized storage systems or you've got the, the whiskey broker down in Wigtonshire where pretty much the casks spend their lives. And a lot of these plants and warehousing facilities actually have the bottling lines and labeling on site. So everything is sort of done in house. There's less opportunity to move things around or to lose, I guess, gallonage in a way. So it's an interesting article because it's very much from a bygone age. But, you know, we go in the article, as I said, about putting a little bit of flesh on things, talking a little bit about Hartlepool as a major port, um, looking at some old pictures. So it's a, it's, a, it's a cool article. I wish I could have found out more about the Hartlepool end of things. It's always my hope when we put these things online that, you know, a fellow enthusiastic, geeky expert, but with their own um, area of expertise being totally unrelated to my own, comes along and says, oh yeah, I can tell you a lot more about the Hartlepool docks or, you know, that shipping or I have access to the logs from the, the, the warehouses. That would be great, you know. So, you know, we, we throw these articles out uh, into the ocean, into the never, into the internet, and we see what comes back. You know, it might take a while, but um, you never know. So moving on to the next article, it's back in the war years, uh, 1943, and we're looking at Prisoner of War Week, um, which uh, I never knew was a thing, but it seems like it was um, a charitable occasion for people to arrange uh, auction lots to make money for, pri obviously, prisoners of war. Um, so it seemed to have been, uh, the, the actual headline of this is Hogshead of Whiskey Sold for £400. Uh, and it's talking about the second day of the auction sale held by the Inverness shopkeepers and Rotarians for Prisoner of War Week in the town and county of Inverness. So this seems to be more of a, perhaps it's a more of a local town endeavour in Inverness, um, perhaps maybe more of a, a national emphasis to not to forget about the boys uh, who are locked up. And um, of course, we had um, prisoners of war on our side and uh, the other side, obviously, the same situation. So perhaps it was something, you know, if we were doing it through the Red Cross, you know, we could make, could get aid to people. Um, talked a little bit about the items that were sold. Um, but, you know, it seems like the big ticket item, uh, apart from a, a diamond and platinum pen given by the Countess of Cordor, um, to the Cameron, the Territorial ba Battle Battalion of Cameron Highlanders captured at St. Valerie. Uh, so that's quite a historical item with a, a legacy in war. Uh, it was this cask of whiskey. Now, casks of whiskey, uh, as we've said uh, in the tail end of the war, were very heavily legislated for. You know, you could not sell casks to people individuals who you had not had a business relationship with prior to the war starting. Um, that was to protect businesses that had relied upon this stock, but also to stop opportunists and flippers and chancers uh, who were just immediately going to uh, there was a huge demand for whiskey and of course it wasn't being made. You know, the Americans wanted more whiskey and um, whiskey casks were going for a considerable sum. Uh, so you know, no surprise that this one 
um, I guess there must have been some form of special dispensation because it was a charitable event and they pulled out a cask. We don't know anything really about the cask. We know it was a hogshead. We don't know um, the vintage. Uh, we shall see. We know Glenvor, I think, had just stopped production uh, that year. Um, so chances are it would have had a little bit of age behind it. But we do know that... Um, £400 in today's world would have been about £23,000. So a good price for the cask. And I think that probably suggests it wasn't that well-aged. You know, I think certainly some of the other prices I've seen for casks in this period, and we've covered some of the auctions, particularly south of the border uh, with war casks, that you know they could go for some crazy money. And I'm sure £400 was a crazy amount of sum in 1943, but we've seen far more excessive shall we say so i don't think it would have been you know the oldest cask or something you know probably more than 10 years old uh, in some ways but it underlines as well the commitment from mckinley and burnley especially john burney being a prior provost at the time uh, and his legacy uh, in the company that was being um, continued to support the monarchy to support um, war veterans, which was something, even though he'd passed by then, something he felt very strongly about. And um, we even have him attending uh, the foundation of the hospital in Inverness as well. So all these sorts of things just add a little bit more detail. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. If you've got this far, uh, as always, any questions? any thoughts, please get in touch. Any new information or artifacts as well, please uh, drop me a line. It'd be great to hear from you. Great to, you know, just, uh, even just stories about Glenvoir. I love some of the quotes on the, the quote section, you know, just people just think the merest comment or flashback memory, you know, um, they hold on to it fondly, but it's good to share these things uh, and little just some nice little tales in that quote page of things that they used to do as kids in the distillery and such like so it's all good um i would thank you once again um i shall see you uh for episode 11 which could be the document exploration level i suppose why level episode uh which i think might be a good thing to do so thank you very much um and that is it, isn't it? Please, uh, you know, if you have a whiskey, if you have a Glenvore, please enjoy responsibly. And uh, I know I will be. And um, we have some reviews incoming uh, when I get round to summarizing and crossing them off. But um, just some great, great pours and great memories and a great distillery. Thanks again. <laughs>